you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL Podcast is working on its English accent. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. I like the intros where Matt Money Smith has to act a little bit. Mm -hmm. Guy's super talented. Matt Money Smith, who also, uh, I don't think it came up during Wednesday's wild, dramatic, win Greg's toaster, win Wes's toaster, win Bernard's toaster. Uh, it came up that uh, – it never came up that Matt Money Smith was the one that delivered those great intros that we listened to. So he continues to do great work. Henry, handsome Hank, downstairs, speaking of uh, Wednesday's show, quote directly when I saw him in the office this morning, a lot of character-revealing moments during the mm. toaster proceedings yeah. – uh, and the episode in general, character revealing moments. So I'll let you guys I feel like he's taking a shot at Greg. Yeah, did he point to anything for what? in particular for losing? You'll have to ask him what he means by that. Not just you; it could be multiple people. I would assume, revealing. coming from Henry, that that's a negative jab at probably all of us on some level. I think it was a win-win. I mean, the postal service and the Jets finally got something to cheer about. Mm. Bernard, a worthy champion. This also, this result. Is probably the fastest way to end this game, anyways. It's going to peter out. Once... It's just so naive, Greg, about this, how this game, the legs of this game, and what I it have really means. Gotten much feedback today. Thank you. Mm. Thanking Bernard for returning the game to its highest level where it belongs. And I would, I would, a couple of things, a couple of points. Uh, the, the James Buster Douglas, Greg Rosenthal parallels, they were very true, mm-hmm. even to the point where you could look at, because I was watching this on YouTube before the podcast. Uh, just like Buster Douglas had the big uppercut that knocked out Tyson. That's what happened when West got taken down. But then Buster Douglas, when he faced Holyfield, he got exposed. And some of the the historic 
aspects of the NFL went through your fingers in that. And that was a little surprising. Well, I never claimed to be some trivia expert. Let's see you do it. <laughs> no, I just You're like going to get a zero. <laughs> the reality is Wes is never going to have a winning record versus me. He's going to have to go to his grave 0-1, big fat loser. Wow. That is true. I mean, you know, and Greg. Uh, you Greg can't will... take it away. And you know what was waiting for me when I left the studio yesterday? Money, women, the video game <laughs> I made. They were still throwing themselves at me. They remember the title. You can't take all that away. How's Buster Greg's Douglas coaster? doing now? What's up? How's Buster Douglas doing in 2014? Hey, you know. Uh... I think he might be underground. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe unconfirmed. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, so this is the Thursday podcast, and we will bring back the toaster game, despite what Greg says. Yeah, please bring it back right in the middle of the NFL season. And Instead of talking about football, we can play trivia games. Hey, I, I got plenty of tweets saying that was their favorite episode of the season. I know, I know. They it's didn't a, they didn't show it with their listenership the last time we had toaster on one of the least listened to episodes oh, ever. Well, listen, listen to him, Greg. Though. People <laughs> people like Just the, the game. Ugliness. There's no uh, way around that. The ugliness inside. You when it comes to this game, <laughs> the character revealing moment again, Greg uh, Rosenthal. All right, so Thursday's show. Uh, I can't believe you dropped the metrics. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, bomb, you know, uh, just because ten people on Twitter like it doesn't mean scientific. everyone's into it. If I was listening to it, if, if I was a big around the NFL listener, I would always just fast forward the toaster. Well, we already understand episode. your your stance on. Do the you segment. realize that you're undercutting your own podcast right now? Well, that's what you you liked it. That was the Your whole pride. Bit. Your pride, man. It's Your messing pride with cometh you. before the fall. Anyway, so this is the big Week Ten preview show. We uh, we're going to go through all the games on Sunday, and of course the Monday night game. But before we get to that, of course, we will uh, go to the Thursday night game, the big uh, AFC North showdown between the Browns and Bengals. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal uh, will deliver the, B the verdict. The B team. Rosie West, take it away. Thank you, Dan. B team had a good time tonight watching a bad football game. Cleveland Browns just beat down the Cincinnati Bengals. Chris Wesseling, we were surprised. What stuck out to you in this game first? Well, you have to talk about Andy Dalton. It was, it might have been the worst quarterback performance I've <laughs> ever seen. I'm not kidding. That's that seems like hyperbole, but it's the worst one I've seen this season. It seems like hyperbole. I have many favorite stats from these <laughs> okay. games. Perhaps the best is that Johnny Manziel never left the sideline and had a higher fantasy points than Andy Dalton. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. He had the lowest quarterback rating too of any quarterback that threw at least 30 passes since 1983. So his it was historically bad, and just watching it with your eyes, it was bad because. Early in the game, he was missing guys by 10 yards. I mean, ball's going way out of bounds, and you think, well, maybe it's the bad weather. But on the other side of things, you have Brian Hoyer playing spotless, flawless, some darts up the middle. His arm looked very live, and he was accurate. So you can't really blame it on that. And this was a big game for Hoyer. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported just a couple of hours before the game that this was a referendum game for him as far as not only – a possible contract extension, but holding off Johnny Manziel as well. Well, he said the next three weeks are going to be huge for Hoyer. And now they win this game, and they're 6-3, and three, and they're head, ahead of the Bengals. This is a, obviously a huge win for the playoff race. And then the next two weeks, they're home for Houston, and they go to Atlanta. I'm not saying you just give them two wins there, but they will be favored in those two games. So if that was the three-game referendum, 
Hoyer is going to be the guy this year. And if they're thinking about giving him a contract offer this season, I mean, I, I think he'll do well in those two games. And he's played well. He's a, he's a little up and down, but this was one of his best games in a big spot. Not only is he playing well, but Kyle Shanahan outcoached Hugh Jackson tonight. Yep. Hugh has gotten a lot of credit this year, deservedly. But Kyle Shanahan has been one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. And we've talked about the play action, but he also does a very good job of not sticking Hoyer in obvious passing situations. Hmm. That's a that's a good point. And a lot of their big plays are on, like, first and ten, and he gets people open down the field. I mean, this is a team, their leading receiver tonight's Miles Austin, a guy nobody wanted going into the season. And, you know, he, he's been okay this year. He's made some big catches for them. Gary Barnage is their number two receiver tonight in terms of yards. Travis Benjamin is number three. Uh, Taylor Gabriel's number three, number four, and like Jim Dre was on the field and got a target. So I mean that that's your receiver crew with Brian Hoyer. He's t- Kyle Shanahan is doing an amazing job, and Hoyer's doing an amazing job helping to lift these guys up. They had three running backs with double digit rushes, and one of them had twenty six. That's how many times the Browns ran tonight. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Terrence West had twenty six runs. You know he. He makes more sense as a lead back to me than Ben Tate does. I wish they would give Isaiah Crowell the ball more, but this was the Browns' best performance by far in a month, and that's why when you're playing bad teams like the Browns were in the, in the last few weeks, you know you just got to find a way to get a win because you can always turn it around, and this team has shown, and the defense, I think, is showing that all that talent in Mike Pettin's system, now the defense maybe can carry them down the stretch. You talked about the Browns relatively soft schedule coming up. The Bengals are the opposite. They fall now to – they could be in last place by the end of Sunday. And then they'll have to go to New Orleans, Mm. which the the Saints haven't lost in, what, 11 games at home? And then two more games on the road in a row after that. Well, they they have two home games the rest of the year. They're in trouble. And we have this conversation after every big Andy Dalton loss. I mean, whether it was Thursday night last year against Miami or was the playoff loss to San Diego. Or any other playoff game he's been or in. Or, man, the Houston one was brutal. That Which was, one? <laughs> that, the, the second one. The, his first one actually was the, the second one. Man, he played so bad. And it just – I closed up my, my article tonight by saying when Dalton's at his best, he's still not going to carry your team. But when he's at his worst, you have no chance to win. So that that's a terrible quarterback situation to have. And everyone calls him the $100 million quarterback. They can get out of his contract after next year. And I think that's going to be more of a conversation in 2015. Okay, do we want to come up with another possibility for the future? But they can't really worry about that now. People who don't know what that contract really says call him the $100 million quarterback. <laughs> we call him quarterback purgatory. Man, it was embarrassing. The throw he had when he ran past the line of scrimmage and taught. There were so many bad moments. So many dropped interceptions, overthrows, A.J. Green throwing his hands up in frustration. And it wasn't just Dalton. This Bengals defense lacks a backbone right now. They've given up 157 yards on the ground average over the past seven weeks. Well, they're missing missing talent. But, you know, the Browns were missing a lot of talent too, and they played much better. Let's stop talking about the Bengals. Let's talk about the happiest guy on the Around the League podcast, we have got Mark Sessler on the phone celebrating the biggest Browns victory since, I don't know. They're in first place for the first time since 1994. Wow. Sessler, 
What is it? Is this the biggest Browns victory since they moved back to Cleveland? You know, I think it is because, you know, the last, you mentioned 1994, and at that time in my life, I was living in Washington, D.C., floating around, going to college, <laughs> and belonged to some random Browns backers club at the time, and that season caught me off guard. They've done nothing since. And, I, I you know, I, I watched this game tonight with Dan Hansis in the Hansis household. Ooh. And, uh, you know, we watched this thing and we said, you know, can they can they pull this out? And they got off to a nice start. And I was most shocked, to be honest with you, by the ineffective, the ineffective play of Andy Dalton. The fact that he just could do nothing against Cleveland's defense. And it was to the point where I'm like, wasn't willing to even credit Cleveland's defense. <laughs> but Andy Dalton just seemed unable to produce a play. It was sort of stunning. Yeah, but they, their defense has gotten better as the season's gone along, and, and you'd like to think all that talent, Desmond Bryant, Carlos Dansby, Whitner, they've got players here. Jabal Sheard, you're making the leap guy. Wait, are you are you still at Hansis' house, or did you go to a bar afterwards? No, no, we, uh, we drove out where, you know, at this point – Dan drove down a country street. We pulled off so we could do this part of the podcast right here. And, uh, we, you know, we're nowhere next. You know, I, I, I will say this. It has been an interesting win for the Browns, but it's it's nothing. It's alien to any Cleveland fan. Well, they haven't seen this in 20 years. So speak, it's, I'm not sure what to make of it. Speaking of aliens, you're, you're, here's your two tweets that, that you had during the game. Browns dropping a mega hammer from outer space on Dalton and the Bengals. And then after the game, Brown's spaceship takes off into the distant skies. Destination to be determined. Love it. Destination playoffs. Quintessential sizzler tweet. I'm not tweets. sure about that, but I just I, – I would be honest. It's like, you know, Cincinnati, what's the deal? They're 5-2-1, and one, and then they drop an egg like this on – uh, on this in this game, I'm just not sure. I don't think they're good. They've gotten game. they've gotten crushed by two other contenders in the last four weeks. Not just losses, but not even competitive games whatsoever. I mean, I know Dalton was really bad, but the fact that they almost tripled their total yards. I mean, they were just the better team. So enjoy it, Mark. I don't want to take too much of your time. Get back on the on the road and you know go celebrate. Enjoy. Yeah, Dan and I are actually. I just to let you know, Greg, we're driving. Straight into the heart of Mexico. We will be back <laughs> sometime in the middle of December. See is, you then. Is this All like right. Thelma and Louise? <laughs> All right. We will uh, like We will be moving Connor Orr and Kevin Patra to Los Angeles <laughs> uh, to be in the studio with us for the next show and the rest of the season. Uh, I guess that's all we got here for this game. Let's send it back. Let's send it back to you, Mark, and Dan, and the rest of the crew. All right, so that was Thursday night. Mark, I hope whatever just happened makes you happy, but we have no way to know. We don't know. Uh, so we move on to Sunday now, and uh, why don't we start with, as, as we always do each week, the games that really get us excited, and we'll uh, start with a big NFC showdown between two uh, playoff hopefuls in New Orleans at the Superdome, the Saints, who uh, got some swagger back in their last game against the Packers, now face the San Francisco 49ers, a 49ers team that – through half of the season, is a 500 team, a 4-4 four and four team. Their, their schedule is not easy in the back end. They need to start winning. But this is going to be a tough assignment to go into uh, the Superdome and, and steal a win. How do we see it? Well, we all took the 49ers. I mean, the Saints, rather. I'm a little surprised that no one wanted to take a chance on the 49ers needing a win. 
but I guess we all kind of see the Saints as that they've turned their season around. I see that, and I have a lot of questions about the 49ers. We know they don't have an identity right now. They've lost it. They are used to being a physical team. Their offensive line does much better when they're being physical and run blocking as opposed to pass blocking. What's Then why can't they run the ball? They're and not like as Everyone good. says that. Okay, we got we to gotta have a, our identity. We got to give the Frank Gore the ball more. But he's not running very well. He, he has two point. You know, what are you going to do? Is there an inconvenient truth about the inconvenient truth right now that he might be finally in decline? I get. I think it's maybe more about the offensive line. I don't know. But I, my point is, everyone says, "Oh, you got to run the ball more." Well, you got to get more than three yards per carry, and they haven't done that for well, the last three weeks. I th- my point was more that they got away from that to begin the year, and that's something you have to work on in training camp. You have to be a physical team if you're going to run the ball. They've gotten a little soft. Other questions. Are Michael Crabtree and Vernon Davis even close to 100%? They aren't doing anything. Why isn't Stevie Johnson playing more? What's going on with Colin Kaepernick? I mean, this the whole team looks lost. And let's not bury the lead because the best running back in this game at this point right now looks to be your boy. My boy, Mark Ingram. Ingram has been... It's <laughs> your boy! <laughs> Thank you, TD. I uh, mean, he's he's been... I think that the Saints fell off a cliff a little bit when they lost him and they didn't have that guy I think that they can lean on when he came back. What we saw against the Panthers, what we've seen more of late, is an offense that's starting to click. They're at home. That's why I took them. I mean, if they are who they are when they're, when they're on fire, I'm never going to pick against them at home. I think the changes in their defense have been more pronounced, that they've gone from a house on fire to okay. And they've done it by kind of simplifying things and just letting them go out play, not as many crazy looks. They have a pretty good-looking secondary overall. I mean, this 49ers offense, Kaepernick last week, like, can they even victimize a struggling defense right now? I, I don't know because, I mean, they're spreading things out. Kaepernick is not very aware of the blitz. Uh, last week he struggled to sort of have awareness when to throw, when not to throw. 27 sacks of Kaepernick this mm. season. 27. Yeah, I mean, uh, eight of them came the last week. But yeah. And so there's an issue, whether it's pass protection or him uh, recognizing blitzes or getting the ball out quick enough, the passing game is out of whack because the quarterback keeps going down in the backfield. I mean, they had so much luck along their offensive line in terms of they were injury-free for quite a while for years, and they were able to dominate game after game. And that's where we it's embedded in our mind of this tough team. But they're injury-riddled right now. Well, they, their tackles were the ones who struggled, and they were healthy enough last week. I mean, the problem is they were kind of left on an island because you got four wide receivers. you got no one in helping the tackles, and they got exposed against St. Louis. I just wonder if Rob Ryan maybe sees that and starts dialing up some more blitzes this week. And let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves with the Saints either. This, the Niners have plenty of problems, but the Saints are also a 500 team. We don't know if, if they're back to themselves and they're about to go on a good run. Uh, they could just as easily falter again as they have throughout the first half of the season. Yeah, I think we feel confident that they've turned a corner and they're, they've won 11 in a row at home. So I think common sense says they're the favorites in this game. I thought it was interesting. Steve Young said this week that the 49ers are a broke team. Mm. And... He talked about their body language coming off the field, their communication with each other, the fact that Greg Roman is kind of one of the guys that Mark and I and Greg and probably Dan as well thought two years ago was one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the game has lost his mojo. Hmm. Well, part of it's just on Kaepernick, though. I mean, they were missing routine plays last week. Everyone just wants to point it was only protection, but there were some plays he was protected that he missed pretty routine throws. And they don't really have anything on offense that they can really rely on. I mean, the reality is New Orleans could lose this game. And in that division, I wouldn't 
panic over that, but if, if San Francisco falls to four and five behind Arizona, if they ever won, they've got a long way to climb out and not a lot of time left. Where are we at on this team tuning out its head coach? I mean, I think if they lose this week, it's going to be as big a test as you could have in terms of keeping a team together because it's going to be as negative as possible mm. in San Francisco. Our next step is our next stop is Philadelphia, where the Carolina Panthers will face an Eagles team that has Mark Sanchez behind center. That will be the case for the foreseeable future. I would say if we did a breakdown of around the NFL post this week, Mark Sanchez would be near the <laughs> top. He's been a major storyline with everyone talking about what what will we see from Sanchez now that he's behind uh, what Greg you have referred to consistently on this program as a quarterback-proof offense. We get a good look at it now. He's going to play four quarters against the Panthers team that obviously is not nearly as good as they were last year. What do we expect from Sanchez? Let's start there. Do you think he's going to be a quarterback that's playing at at the same or a higher level than Nick Foles? I don't think they'll change their offense at all. I think they're going to do exactly the same. We saw they ran Chris Polk a little bit more last week with some power runs, and he played great. So you might see some more runs. But as far as the plays they're calling in, in the passing game, I think it's going to be the exact same. The running game's improved. I mean, that's been a big factor for them the last three weeks. And the beautiful thing here is the schedule, the matchup. Because the Panthers' defense is now a defense, not that you just don't fear, but that's a big-time plus matchup. You look at the Panthers' defense, their run defense, and their pass even, do you think this is a team we can score a lot of points on? I thought in, in the preseason, Sanchez, he already began to show some chemistry with Zach Ertz and a couple other weapons on that offense. And it is an interesting test for him. I think the longest streak of uninterrupted positive posts about Sanchez this week. There At seems to be four four years. In years, so. there's a lot of hope yeah. around the sense that maybe he can tune out and tone down some of the. You know, he was a turnover machine towards the end in New York. Yeah, we, that's the issue, right? We talked about that yeah. a little bit on Wednesday's show that. We don't want to forget what Sanchez had become in New York, but it's almost it might be an apples and oranges thing now that he's in this offense with with Chip Kelly. Uh, Jeremy Macklin praised Sanchez as a guy that could be uh, what was his exact word? I said he had the sky's the limit. The sky's for him. the limit. Yeah. Chip Kelly said. I he's mean that's a, yeah. a hell of a quarterback. So there's a lot of confidence in the building. I guess that's not too different from any team. Is always very up on whoever the starter is when they're fresh to the job. But this team believes that Sanchez can lead them. There's one advantage he has. One of his weaknesses with the Jets was he wasn't very good at reading defenses. I mean, let's be honest. In in the Eagles system, you don't have to do much of that. The reads are there for you already made. And you're always playing fast. And the thing that stuck out to me, what Sanchez said this week, was I always thought I was at my best in New York when we're in the hurry up in the two-minute. And I think you can attest to that, Dan, for as sure. a Jets fan. A lot of his best moments, some of the comebacks, when I can I can think of a comeback against Miami that he had in the regular season uh, in the Meadowlands, seemed to be in the hurry up when, when he's just moving fast, and that's all you're doing in Philadelphia. I mean, also, he, you know, I don't want to go back on the Brian Schottenheimer thing over and over, but really, when you're a quarterback, when you're in Chip Kelly's offense, he's going to get people open with the route concepts they use. It's going to be different than what he dealt with in New York, and you got better weapons around you. We all picked the Eagles to win this game, and I'm curious because – we should not ever turn our backs fully on a, t- a former team of ATL like the Panthers were. I'm just, <laughs> I'm curious. Put on your D- Dave Gettleman hats and get your Boston accent all fired up, and let me know how do you fix the Panthers going 
next season? What is wrong with next this team? season? Well, yeah. you're gonna have to get a hog molly and a blue goose pass rusher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got seven games left this season, well, and they're a half listen, a game out of first. If we're so smart and we all pick the Eagles, they'll be three we're, six and one after this week. We're not smart though. All right, Greg, tell me why the Panthers are a playoff team. I know I'm not saying Everybody it, but just I, but back off and let Greg explain it. I'm saying look, <laughs> look at. They can't right. worry about next season at this point. They're right in the mix. They're a bad. And we're, we've been wrong about team. everything. I don't every, think you understood what I was asking. On the same podcast, we said at one point, "How can the rest of the NFC South catch up to the two and O Panthers?" Things well, change. Dan, to answer, to attempt to answer your question yes. quickly, I think the one thing they'll start to have some money. They haven't had any money, and they haven't been able to actually apply, you know, free agency to their weaknesses. They've had to get let players go when that shift happens, I think it's smart they've kept Gettleman around. Not only have they not had money, they've paid Greg Hardy $6 million not to play for them so far this year. Oof. They'll pay yeah, him his losses $13 million overall by the end of the year not to play this year. And they'll play Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams as the most overpaid running back field in the league for like the third straight year. I don't know if either one of them is going to be back next year. Well, let's see if Cam Newton can get off the schneid. I think he's had under 50% total over the last three games, which is the only streak in his career he's had under 50%. Mm. All right, moving on. I got a question for you guys. Oh, Move yes, on. sir. Mark brought this up, route concepts. What's your favorite route concept? One by one. Let's go. Greg, you first. We, we don't have favorite route concepts. You don't have a favorite route concept. I'm not going to be pretend to be smarter than the I am. The one that gets the player open. Levels? Divide? Anyone? <laughs> Give me a break. Omaha concept. What are you trying to do? Is I'm this just asking. is this the move? The what are you looking podcast? at on Google, by the way, right now to be naming these? <laughs> you things? don't think I know raw concepts? No, oh, I don't think maybe you do, yes. but right. I even know we're not going to pretend. All right, let's move on. All right, you know, TD showed up. Great, great showing in Wednesday's podcast. Showed up <laughs> ten minutes late for this podcast, and now drops this bomb on us. Route concepts. Route concepts. A vaguely disgraceful trigger pull on your part. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Miami Dolphins, who who really uh, have everyone excited right now. They're playing extremely well. They're five and three. Ryan Tannehill is playing like uh, the guy that a lot of people thought he could be right now. And now they go to Detroit. This will be a big test against the Lions. Uh, first off, I think we have a situation here. And I, I don't know if you are listeners of the show. Uh, whenever all of us pick one team mm. and one man is on an island and he picks another another team, you know what we call that? You guys should know by now. A hero pick. It's a hero pick. <laughs> so. Defend your hero. Uh, myself, Wes, Mark, all picked the Lions. Greg Rosenthal. Riding hard with the Dolphins. Defend your hero. I was shocked no one else picked the Dolphins. They're coming off a 37 nothing beatdown of the team of ATL, San Diego Chargers. One of the most impressive performances of the year. The last time they went on the road in the NFC North, they trounced the Bears. I think it's one of the best defenses in the league. I think this is a matchup of mm. the two best defenses in the league. And I would definitely take Tannehill and the Dolphins offense over Stafford and the Lions offense. I think... The scheme is better in Miami. It kind of does the work for Tannehill. They're starting to look like the Eagles, and I think Tannehill's been more consistent over the last month than Stafford's been. I know the the reason I went with Detroit was because of not their offense, but their defense. Sure, but they're going up against a defense, I think, that's just as good. Cameron Wake, Olivier Vernon. I mean, they got so many players that can make plays. The way you were talking in the newsroom, the first-place Lions are a tomato can. No. You were acting like the Dolphins were clearly the better team, and they're really not. The Lions have a better defense, 
by all metric, metrics and statistics. And once Calvin Johnson gets in the offense, that changes everything. Yeah, I, think I the, don't think the Dolphins have a better offense than the Lions do with Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush. We haven't seen a lot of it this year, but the Lions' offense isn't good. And Well, we, you're right. I mean, we have undermanned. Right, we have. But even the little that we saw, the the level that they fell off without Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush has me concerned that they're going to struggle against a really good defense, even with Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush. Whereas I I totally disagree about the two offenses. We've seen what Lazor's offense is doing. It's creating plays for Tannehill. Lazor. You said you said uh, Tannehill's finally playing like like a lot of people expect it. And I agree, but I think it's mostly just everyone around him is making plays for him. Hmm. And uh, you gentlemen, and I refer to Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling, you guys do not like indoor football, do you? It's the worst. That's true. Of course not. And yet you went with the home team. Here. Now, let me just say, I'm, re- I'm <laughs> looking at my 2014 season week 10 research notes by the NFL Network team. Wes, I know you enjoy this. Why don't you shoehorn something in here? Here we go. Ryan Tannehill is 0-4 in games played indoors with three touchdowns, eight interceptions, and a passer rating of 69.6. Could not find a more meaningless stat oh, in that right. play. Goodness. What is that going to matter? Home run. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> well, I'm just not. give the win to the Lions then. I, well, it means, it means a little bit. It's just he struggled inside. No, it doesn't. It's tot- if you take it's enough numbers and throw it possible. against the wall, things happen sometimes. They come I, up good or bad. I'm a friend of data. Okay, you guys go with your hunches and your gut instincts. I almost went you... with Greg on this because the offense has there has been a departure over the past couple of weeks, and maybe you know we saw this with the Chiefs last season, where it took more oh, than yeah. half a season to get the offense cooking. And in Miami's, you know, not that's not been the easiest scheme to learn. It doesn't seem, and you're dealing with a quarterback that has been undisciplined for most of his career. If that's starting to change, Miami's, you know, recent streak here is not a mirage. However, home team, whether it's in a dome or not, I think Chris and I have come away with the win. And it's going to be sad to see Greg, who thinks this is a hero pick, slip one notch no, further down break. in our picks mm. contest. Yes, Jarvis, it's going to rankle you all It's week. going to hurt Wes's soul because his favorite player in the NFL, Jarvis Landry, is going to be lighting it up for the Dolphins. Is he in your stable of boys? He is. He's, he's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, that's what I mean when play, people are making plays for him. The offensive line's making plays for Tannehill. Landry is Wallace's. You're going to have to put another wing on that stable of boys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, like don't, you know I don't like that book. Point. Why? There's a lot of people use stats the way a monkey uses a ball. Right. You hold it in your hand and gaze upon it, but you have no idea how to use it. You're saying that I didn't pull out a stat that will drop that the was hammer? A sh- that was an unmitigated <laughs> shot at our host. It, it Talk was, about character revealing. Frankly, come it was on. a little labored, too. You know, <laughs> so do a little come better uh, next time, Wes. Now, let me just let me just say this. We got to move on to another game. I'm just, you know, I know there's a little tension in the room now because I brought out my stats manual. As you as you should. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's data in here, hard data. It's not even your stats manual. You only borrow it for the show. And by the way, uh, that's not important at all. You said Mirage. <laughs> it's Miragey. Oh, did I say that wrong? <laughs> yeah, so. You know, I've been saying that wrong for my entire life, yes. Dan. Uh, moving, moving forward, the Tennessee Titans are heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. The Ravens, who two weeks ago were in first place in the AFC North, Two losses later, they're in last place in the AFC North, so that tells you uh, what's going on in that division. Uh, and now they face the Titans and Zach Mettenberger. And Wes, I can't remember if we got into Mettenberger, but I'm sure you studied some tape of the young man, the well-coiffed young man now. Were you impressed at all by his uh, outing and his first start? Isn't it coiffed? 
I don't know. Who cares about it? Oh, I just learned to Moragia. Try to figure things out. Just keep rolling. Uh, Greg and I both studied some Zach Mettenberger, and I believe we reached the same conclusion that he's not ready, and way too many passes were off the mark by 10 or 15 yards. I don't, I don't like this move, and I think Jake Locker should be their quarterback. No, wait. Mm. I thought we did agree that it was at least a move towards an intriguing option before it happened, that we yeah. liked it before it happened. So, I mean, I don't know what we were expecting from Mettenberger, but, yes, it wasn't a good performance. But then what? We pulled the curtain after one game? He's a rookie. Yeah, I'd like to see more than one game before I come to that conclusion. But it was a really bad When's game. When's the last time you saw a sixth-round rookie displace a veteran in his rookie season? Yeah, but except that we were saying Ryan before Fitz- that we liked the move for Tennessee because they were so listless on offense and that we didn't – going back yes. to Jake Locker. I have an answer for you, though. When's the last time? How about a seventh-round rookie, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Light it up for the Rams back in whenever that was. I think he got inserted into the lineup because they didn't have any. Hey, else. Wes was trying to reel us all in with the Tom Brady bomb, but no, that was his second year with New England as a sixth-round pick. <laughs> no, I was just saying there isn't one. It's a bad <laughs> idea to play a sixth-round rookie. He's not ready. He's not developed. And not only are you hurting his develop, how are how are you going to judge Kendall Wright, Justin Hunter, and Bishop Sankey when your quarterback can't move the offense? Mark is very upset with this line of reasoning. No, I just I thought that facial. we had a conversation saying that this was the right move for the ten I thought it was, when they did it. I thought it was a great move to pull Charlie Whitehurst, but if Jake Locker's healthy, I don't know why you wouldn't play him. We we joke a lot about the the tytoons mm. on this podcast. I'm not familiar with their work. Their their fans probably have stopped listening, but. I want to say one positive thing about the Titans from our guy, DJ, Daniel Jeremiah, the Move the Sticks podcast. Yeah. Great podcast, yeah. even even if Dan's not a fan. Huh. He said, watch Taylor Luan at left tackle, that he thinks that they have got a serious keeper in his first start, that he really wowed DJ that this is going to yeah, be a terrific fans. pick. You want to get excited no, on No, I'm Sunday, just saying they have you, a good you pick. You stare at that tackle and you get excited. They need some <laughs> stars on this team. No, I hear you. Wanna, you. I'm saying but that looks like a good pick. I yes, wouldn't have known that. That's, and, and that's obviously that's a hugely important part of any team. But if there's a message that could be sent to the decision makers in this, in this franchise – do something. Do well, something. Even Get their some players own, in yeah, there. Even their own beat writers have tweeted in recent weeks that there is an influx of kind of milquetoast personalities in that locker room. Jim Wyatt. And that Luan is actually so one blue. of them that isn't. You know? Yeah. Just get they some need exciting to, they players. Need to, they need to make a change. Don't do it the way the Raiders did it, where you just get some big names that are over the hill. But, you know, identify electric guys in the draft and just try to spice things up. We should mention uh, the Ravens lost their top cornerback, Jimmy Smith, for mm. the season, we learned today. Which, look, it's not going to be a problem for them on on uh, Sunday when Zach Mettenberger is throwing the ball 15 yards over, <laughs> over Kendall Wright's head. But that's a problem for them this season. That, that seriously dents, I think, their chances of – Making a long run. There are, I believe, six teams in the AFC with five wins right now. The Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills are two of them, and they will face off in Orchard Park on Sunday. Uh, This is, a, uh, to me, a coin flip game. I think, how did we pick this game? Dan and me and you uh, took the Chiefs. Yeah, so everyone else took the Chiefs. Greg and I took the Chiefs. The rest of the field took the Bills. Greg, why don't you start us off here? What are you expecting to see in this game? It should be a great game. I'm excited. I like it so much. I'm going to assign it to myself on Sunday. Ow! Uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a matchup of 
whether the Chiefs can get rid of the ball fast enough before that Bills defensive line gets to them, whether they can still keep moving the ball enough and putting the sleeper hold on teams with that offense, even though they never go deep down the field. Look at you playing keep away from us with this riveting Kyle Orton, Alex Smith matchup. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you don't want this? No, I don't want this All right, game. You, you've got uh, Titans-Ravens. I don't want that one either. <laughs> especially, I especially don't want this one if, if Sammy Watkins doesn't play, and I would probably change my pick. Ooh. Because I think he's that good. I think that's fair. I mean, I think that, that I may do the same thing. No, I like, I like my Chiefs pick. I'm feeling good about this one. Regardless of Sammy, you guys stay over well, there. Well, we're independent <laughs> individuals. We will do as we need to do. That tells you a lot about Sammy Watkins' uh, progression as a rookie, that we'd already be willing to switch picks based on him not showing up in games. Well, well who, it's not going to be the running game. Yeah, who else do they have in their – Skill position players. Their second leading receiver is Robert Woods. Robert Woods but that <laughs> Way is, behind. He's on pace for about 600 yards receiving, and then Scott Chandler. Uh, so there's not a lot on the uh, on the list there beyond that. Anthony Dixon, 44 yards off 22 Williams? carries in week eight. Booby indeed. How about the – I don't know. I feel like the Kyle Orton happy storyline needs to end at some point. We yeah, need some reality I, to set I feel, I feel you on that one. The other one – uh, we, you know, Travis Kelsey has become a darling this season for people that love football. How about get the ball to him a little bit more? <laughs> He's Third... in my stable. Hey, football heads. What are you, what are you laughing about? I love it. For people that love football, those who are ambivalent. Are, well, you know, they there, are... Are, there are people who love football, and then there are football heads, as I've discussed on this uh, podcast before. Yeah. So, uh, you know what, Mark? Congratulations. You've also been drafted into the football heads with Wes and Greg. Explain, explain to the audience of just, you know, football fans why Travis Kelsey is so special. They should throw a little spot route for him. Yeah, I was going to say. Wes, TD, who else is back there? Can someone take over for you today? Wow. Go back to <laughs> watching tree. your Enya videos on YouTube. How did you think the route tree thing was going to go? I still don't yeah, really know it. I, no, I legitimately was Is that why to, you were late? I you were like doing a web search? He's like, this out. is gold. I mean, he just wanted to ask. Like, hey, it was not calling us out. We could come up with some yeah. something, but why Why should we, we pretend we're smarter had, than we are? Well, I'm just saying, if you randomly had a favorite like route concept, that's all it is. TD. I want to party with you. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it real in here. We're not going to pretend. There's a lot of pretending in this Okay, you want to know how I know route names? I don't know the concepts, but you want to know I know the names. Okay. Madden. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. I, like, I have never played Madden. I like it life. when everyone goes deep, but then they <laughs> dump it off to the running back. You could quarterback for the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, where were we? We were you talking were about Travis Why oh, Travis yeah. Kelsey is good. Yes. Why is he a potentially special player? He's like mini Gronk. Mm. He's not quite as physical, but he has that kind of after-the-catch ability. He's about 6'4", 6'5", and he's one of the fastest tight ends in the league, really good after the catch. It's a huge game in the AFC playoff race because I just feel like if either one of these teams wants to be that wild card game, wild card team, I feel like this Sunday is going to kind of – it's a big separation type of game. Do we want to see the Chiefs in the playoffs? No. Absolutely not. I like the Chiefs. I Wait, why admit. wouldn't we? Remember the playoff game they I'm they just asking. I'm not January? saying yes or no. No, I'm saying that's an exciting team. I don't expect – that same result to happen just because they would be back there. I like this team because I feel like they're maxing out. They have Jamal Charles, who's fun to watch. They've got my guy, Josh Mwaga, <laughs> however you say his name. Mwaga? Oh, yeah. You can't be so a guy you, if you can't pronounce his name. You you do love death by a thousand cut paper cuts offenses. Not you love Philip Rivers. You love Alex Smith. These are your kind of offenses. Bore you to death. <laughs> 
that's that's a fair point. But I, it's not true, but it's a fair point. But I don't know. I, there's something about we all. I like teams that prove you wrong, and we all thought they were going to be a three to six win team with a with a terrible offensive line, and they're they're really well coached. So I, I like them. By the way, that was the rare untrue fair point. <laughs> what? what fair point. I said fair untrue. point. Well, what I meant was he. That was made a good point. Those aren't my favorite teams, but he sent in a. All right. Inconsistency in my logic here. Let's talk about the London game. We have so many dedicated listeners across the pond. Uh, in London town. <laughs> okay, that was not well done. Just let's. That was a little bit just better. Barrel forward. In London. In London. <laughs> oh man. In London, uh, Manchester. Anything? All right, here we go. It's getting very strange. The Dallas Cowboys. They are in London to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who I think the Jacksonville Jaguars play seven games every year in London now. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Every week it seems they're there. Uh, this is a game. What? Doesn't it feel like they're always Shouldn't they in be London? the Jaguars? I guess. I mean, they are there every year. Yes. It's just fun. They got a perfectly nice stadium with a, a pool in, in Florida. They're going back next year, too. They announced that this and week. And Denim. Uh, I wonder if they have more fans from all these. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the big storyline, of course, is Tony Romo and whether he'll play or not. Uh, there's been I've seen some writings in some places like it would be irresponsible to play Tony Romo. Whatever. If he's ready to play, he should play. If not, he shouldn't. Although, to be to be fair, the Cowboys got to win this game because if they lose this game, and they go into their bye week on a three-game losing streak, and they got a, a bit of a tricky road schedule coming up, then look out. We could be staring at against all odds after 6-1, and 8-8. Eight and eight. It could happen. They need to take care of business against a team that they're better in, better than. We should stop consulting medical personnel on these decisions and just ask sports writers when players are physically ready to play. <laughs> it's just gross. It's like, come on, don't just – whatever. Yeah, just – well, because – Clearly, we would have a better vantage point to make these sort of medical decisions than the people watching the games. <laughs> who, who have decades of training to make that decision. I know people, it's, it's an issue people don't trust Jerry Jones, especially after he put Romo back into that game. But they're not going to put Romo on the field if he, if he can't move. I, I well, think they, they proved that last he week. He practiced this week, too. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, exactly. they proved it. So I don't think that we need to question the D- Dallas on this one. I mean, I don't think it's a lock that they win this game even with Romo. Wow. I don't either. I, I don't at all. I think the I think the Cowboys defense now they I don't know if is Crawford going to be available for this game. I don't know. I it, I don't think he's going to be available. They lost Durant. I just think it's it's not a very good defense and I think the Jaguars defensive line especially has played really well the last 5 weeks and they could give Dallas some problems. Yeah, and Dallas last two games on their two game losing streak ran the ball 25 times in both those games, which is the second lowest all year. They got away from what they did well, which was Run it 35, 40 times. And part of it, you had Whedon in there, and, yeah, and that just, completely removes the threat of the passing game. Right, and it, it just slows down drives. I mean, you get you get those those runs by having long drives, and they just didn't have the ball right. nearly as much last week. Wes, you, you were not certain about the Cowboys in this game. You, you took the Jaguars, and you went basically chalk on your picks. Nine games out, you got to make a move. Come on, you should take the Jags. Get behind them. I Ow! took the Cowboys, right? Yes, yeah, we, we all took we the all Cowboys. Did. I... I'm a little worried about Bortles still. Even if he had his highest passer rating of the year, I thought it was very misleading. He had basically one good touchdown drive, and both of his touchdowns could have been intercepted. I mean, it's not like he's making these Mm. great plays. The last touchdown he threw into, like, 
double coverage in the end zone, and it was because they got the ball on the ten yard line. He didn't drive them down the field. I didn't, I didn't see anything for Jaguars fans to be buoyant about. It's Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> she's a she's a great singer. Yes. Uh, anything else in this game, gentlemen? I would like to note that. Earlier in the day, Greg had picked the Jaguars. That's true. I changed it. And I don't know what. You can explain why, but he went back to Dallas. And I know it's the Romo thing maybe, but I kind of think you might feel this is two games this week that you might have at the last minute done the wrong thing. What else did I do at the last minute wrong? Took that Dolphins team. I was always taking the Dolphins. I was excited about that. I'm glad you clowns are going to watch me get a hero (laughs) pick on that. Uh, This is tough. I think it's closer to a 50-50 game than people – would think, but when I saw Romo looks like he's definitely playing, I I lost my will. All right, fair enough. Moving on, <laughs> Prince you, Jellyfish. By the way, they they announced uh, the three games in London next year, ah. and, and your the Jaguars are going back. But you know what I really found interesting? There's going to be two games in back to back weeks there. Oofa. So what if you know we tried to send an ATL writer for? Over for a, time. Cu- a couple of weeks into London. Listen, Ooh, like shadowy that. league figures, step out of the shadows. We have a great, loyal audience overseas. TD, we're going to need your help with this. We know we can count on you to set us up in London. You know, <laughs> I, if I had to pick a game, how about the first divisional matchup in London history? Jets v. Dolphins. Come on, let's make it happen, Cap'n. Yeah, and Greg says, a writer. How about four writers? Five. The whole team. And a producer. How about that? There we go. And a production assistant, some other people. My kind of party. (laughs) I would say we could do like one of those letter writing campaigns like people did. uh, What's a letter? A a letter? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. It's what you and Bernard used to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> a letter writing campaign, like when a, a fans of a certain TV show that was on the bubble or was going to be canceled, they would like send in mouse traps to save the show about the guy that was the exterminator, like that type of stuff. What can we have our listeners send to the NFL media offices to convince them to send us to England? British money. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's illegal, is it? You can Let's send money. Out. Why not? Let's find out. Something. Yeah, even, yeah, if it's a currency, but a very small currency, the equivalent a of P. a penny here. Well, it's called a P. Is that what they call it? Yeah, they call One, it P, yeah. yeah. They don't have tuppence anymore? What? No, that was like a hundred. A lot of our British <laughs> listeners don't know that Mark uh, lived in England. Well, we could. I was going to say, I, I lived in Surrey in a small little home so on right. a street. We could perhaps For find how long? Three years. That's pretty That's pretty long. We could maybe find that home and stay there oh, for Mark. free. Sessler, this is what I sound like before I move to America. <laughs> accurate, yes or no? It is a, a, f- a fairly good attempt on your part to be accurate. Anyway, so I, hit us up on Twitter, like maybe an idea. The money thing, it's a little off. Maybe something more cheeky that we could send to NFL media. Send this team to London. Moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers head to the Meadowlands to face the New York Jets. Uh, my blessed New York Jets, now losers of eight in a row. Uh, they're doing so poorly that Bernard, who won the toaster game, asked me, and I, I fear it was seriously, should he jump off the upper deck on Sunday at, uh, at, at the Meadowlands? He should not. Nobody should do that. Seek help if you're feeling that way or having those thoughts. But, that, but the Jets fans have every right to be depressed. This is a bad season. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger, though. Twelve touchdowns in the last two games, now facing – a potentially historically bad secondary, let's be honest with the Jets. Wes, what was the stat you had downstairs today? They are last in the league. They have allowed a passer rating of 112.8 this season and a 24-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. 
I am gonna. Wow. I'm gonna say uh, I'll put a sandwich out there if anyone wants to take it. Is uh, if Ben Roethlisberger throws less than three touchdowns. I'm not taking. I that. can't I take. I can't. I take who would that. take that? If, now, if you said trying to get a free sandwich, he'll throw yeah. three in the first half. I mean, he might throw six again. Now, if you said less than four, if it was three or less, I would. I three would, or less. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Okay. I'd think about that. Well, let's think about it. Right I don't want to root against that though. I want to enjoy your misery sitting next to you on Sunday. <laughs> well, you know you can't because I've detached on some level. Oh, yeah, I love the you know. mid-season detachment. Yeah, well, it, you ha- it, this with you the Jets, to. you have to at this I'll point. I'll yeah. forever be loyal to the team and always watch the games, but there is a detachment just to save, to keep my sanity. So, yeah, Roethlisberger is obviously going to move the ball very well through the air. Uh, Antonio Brown is going to have a big day, I'm sure. Marcus Wheaton. Also, Martavis Bryant. We'll see what he's doing the last couple of weeks. He's been great. He set the record for – tied Eric Green's record, also from the Steelers, for five touchdowns in his first three career games. I mean, we've been if hot. they don't beat that piece of crap team by 60 <laughs> points, it's a failure on the Steelers. Damashek. <laughs> there he is. Dave left his the cell phone in. here. He came to pick it up, but not before wow. dropping a hammer, but a deserving hammer on the Jets. Come it's, on, player. <laughs> what's, that? what's up with that? <laughs> that should the Jet, This game probably, in all likelihood, is – we're talking 35-14. I'd be surprised if it's competitive. We'll see what happens. We I, I would. This is the team. You think it will be competitive? I'm, I continue to give the Jets way too much credit. You think Michael Vick? Well, you kind he of slammed okay. them last week on Sunday night, but he moved the ball up and down the field. They didn't play like a 10-point team. He was they played right more again. like a 24-point team. You know what? He was all right, except he made terrible decisions. Whenever there was pressure around him, he made terrible decisions Same to, old story to run. with him, yeah. Like he would try to run, and it never worked. He was actually very good throwing they the did, ball. They did great work between, I'd say, the, the 20s in that game. and then But once they got into the scoring zone, that's been a, a, an issue for the Jets for a couple of years running now. They have no idea how to punch it in. Uh, when they're in the red zone. One thing about the Steelers, under Haley, they've been so up and down for years on offense. After what we've seen for two weeks, if they drop, I don't care if it's the Jets or the new Canaan Mighty Mites, whatever, some <laughs> some team from another town, if they drop another bomb and they do what they did the last two weeks, I look at Pittsburgh as, I don't just say Denver is the only team out there in New England. Pittsburgh has to be looked at as a potential top team in the AFC. If you're scoring 40 points, yeah. If you're doing that on offense week to week, it's, and if you, but is, if you have 14 Super Bowl rings, you will never be a team around mm, the NFL. This well, is, of course not. You're not an underdog team, and that's the difference that we have with West. You know what it is? This is the team own. that, you know, people that have loved to watch Ben Roethlisberger play, this is the team everyone's always wanted him to be on. Mm, right. With, that's right. Call. with these deep receivers and a capable O-line and a good running game. I mean, Well, they basically funny. said, oh, yeah, Bruce Arians, we will go back to a Bruce Arians-like <laughs> offense. And it's funny because when you when we all used to like Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of it was because the magic act in the pocket. He's just making extending plays, and instead he's playing like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, just sitting mm. back there and tearing defenses apart. All right, next up we have a NFC South. I'm not going to call it a showdown because it's between the two also-rans in the division. The Atlanta Falcons at Tampa to face the Bucks, uh, a Bucks team that made the switch this week and went back back to Wes's boy, Josh McCown, at quarterback. So McCown uh, essentially looks like he gets a second chance to make a first impression with Tampa and maybe finish the season strong and be in contention for a job there next year. What do we expect? I'll ask you, Greg. 
And Mark, I'd love to know your words on this as well. And Wes, then you could chime in. And then we'll all and then and we then, all feel good. And then uh, TD will chime with something esoteric, and then it'll be a great fun time. But Greg, you start your thoughts on Josh McCown. You gonna see a nice strong ending from him this season? No, I don't have any reason to believe he's gonna be good because he wasn't good in the preseason, and it's not a really good team around him. He's got two good receivers. But it's not a good offense. It's not a good scheme, and they don't really have a running game, and the offensive line's been pretty lousy. I they are playing the Falcons, though, so that's a positive. The offensive line <laughs> the last two weeks has been better. Yes. Bobby Rainey looked better last week than Doug Martin's looked all year, and Mike Evans is starting to look like a number one receiver. I do, see, I do feel like Josh McCown is entering a better situation than Mike Glennon was entering a month ago. Hmm. That's true. They haven't won any games. In the meantime, I would like to see Charles Sims will play, and they were very high on him in the preseason. I mean, I'm not sure what we're going to get against the Falcons here, but there is a team here in Tampa that, yes, they keep losing, but they knocked off Pittsburgh. They really should have beaten Cleveland last week, and they've come close a number of times. They're going to win. Dan and I picked uh, them. They're going to yeah. win one of these I, games. I was just saying, I'm looking at this, and I'm starting to like feel weird about it because I know Tampa's looked really bad as well on a number of occasions. And I, this is the hardest game for me all all week to pick. It's just two teams that that stink, but I they're agree. not completely hopeless. There's something on certain weeks they can show you something. So it's really hard to figure out who's going to show up in this game. They ought to make a reality show after Lovey Smith and Rex Ryan gets fired. Give them the best prospect in the country, and if that prospect can make it through both of those guys, just put him right in the Hall of Fame. These guys are the worst two quarterback <laughs> coaches in the NFL or worst two offensive coaches. What would the name of that reality I don't know, be? but look, Lovey Smith has been doing this for a decade with quarterbacks, and it's just old. He can't ever pick a quarterback. He goes back and forth. He has no clue how to run an offense. Well, and it has to make you nervous if you are uh, if you are running the Bucks. Like if they if McCown doesn't show anything and they decide he's not the answer next year, you got Glennon and now two regimes have really uh, giving him a shot, and he hasn't stuck. They're going to go get somebody in the draft, and then, what, Lovey Smith is going to be the guy that shepherds him into the NFL? It's, it's kind of a weird move to have a coach that can't develop a quarterback. It is a team that lost their offensive coordinator, essentially, right. as the season began, and they're going to go have to get another one. Right. And Lovey gonna, Smith right? is used to looking for offensive coordinators because he had about six in Chicago, and none of them worked. Maybe he can pluck Mike Tice away from the Falcons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, the Oak- here's another... Uh, we were split on that one, by the way. You and uh, Mark took the Bucks. Correct. But uh, Dan and I also, yep. we are learning now that Tampa has no quarterback at all. We could switch. Mm. I would- <laughs> we could switch I'm surprised you didn't go with your boy uh, McCown. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he won. I just feel like I told you the Buccaneers are the worst team in the NFL. I, don't, I have no <laughs> well, confidence in them. That's wild that you said that because the next team we're going to talk about is the Oakland Raiders, West. The Bucks are worse than the Raiders? Yeah, we've I been saying Raiders that for a while Seattle now. Seattle tough. Wow. Okay, so they're going to keep losing, but they're 0-8. They're going to lose again on Sunday, but you can't get on them on this. They're going to face the Denver Broncos uh, in Oakland, so maybe they'll put up a fight. Derek Carr has shown flashes, but uh, the, the Broncos, the timing of this doesn't work out for the Raiders coming off. Broncos losing to the Patriots in semi-embarrassing fashion on, on Sunday, and now you would think they're going to get healthy against the Raiders. The Any chance Oakland keeps this close? No. <laughs> That's not even a shot on Oakland. It's just, it's Probably not, but they have played better. You know, the Seahawks defense essentially scored 20 points on Oakland. The score was 24-3 to early, 
and it had been all about the Seahawks' defense and turnovers. And yet the Raiders are in that game in the fourth quarter in Seattle. Each week, they have players now that actually look like an NFL players. You know what I mean? They look more like a team, even if they haven't won any games. I think for me, because we talked about Bortles before, and I think earlier in the year I would have said Bortles is the guy I'd want to start a team around. I, I'm, I've moved over to Carr. Ooh. Well, because Carr, wow. to me, week to week, you know, he threw a couple of bad picks last week, no question, but he is not the reason they're losing. And he also, inside of two minutes a couple of times, has done some stuff. You're like, wait, this guy knows how to move a team when it when the clock's running. I mean, he's he. I, I think also they've finally found some chemistry with some of their wide receivers. Haven't seen that in years in Oakland, but there's a long way to go. Reggie McKenzie's going to keep his job. People, no way. People don't like it, but he's drafted the best dra- rookie class in the in the league. No that, way. Well, that's not if you, close. Hold Look, on, but that's if you think they want him to hire the next but it's coach. Not how even hard close. is it to draft Khalil Mack when he falls he to was, you at five? He was the fifth pick. Whatever. That's you get credit. Adrian Stop. Peterson went to seventh. You get credit. Can we for that. talk about the rest of Reggie McKenzie's work? No, but let's talk there? about this this class. You get Carr, who looks like a really interesting quarterback for a second round pick. You get Gabe Jackson, who's been a starter and looks solid as a starter. You get Justin Ellis, who really impressed me last week. Who's uh, for, Justin Ellis? He's one of their defensive tackles. He's starting now. He blew up a ton of plays last week. Was a big reason why they stuffed. Uh, Seattle, and then you got T.J. Carey, who's been playing a lot as the returner, starting cornerbacks, been okay. I'm just saying they've had a great rookie class. Next week, Dan is sick of us talking next about the week, Raiders. Next week, top like ten list, top ten rookie classes. Mm. I like that. I like that kind of party. Do we get that drop yet? I like this kind of party. <laughs> nice. Not that this. Sorry, <laughs> this kind of party. It's dude. one thing to I play like the Seahawks kind of offense tough. It's another thing to shut down Peyton Manning. Yeah. And to keep David Carr upright against Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. Moving on, the St. Louis Rams head to Arizona to face the Cardinals. The Cardinals, of course, 7-1. and one. The Rams uh, at the bottom of the NFC West. But, you know, they're a frisky 3-5 and five team. Uh, how do we see this one, gentlemen? I think we all have the Cardinals. I am I'm done doubting the Cardinals. I bought in after I watched last week's game against the Cowboys. I like everything about this team now. Hmm. So if we had waited, this might be the team of around the league. It might have been. I still think the Steelers are more fun to watch, but I buy into what the Cardinals are doing. Who was telling me? Who was saying this to me recently? It was someone, either a friend of mine or someone downstairs, was saying, "I cannot believe you guys did not pick the Cardinals because they're a team that a scrappy team with a lot of good players, exciting players, and they have Bruce Arians, who's our type of guy. We love him just like we loved Riverboat Ron last year. Bruce, he was a guy we could have got behind." Missed opportunity. Perhaps. I think it might be our boy Jason Zumwalt, one of our oh, loyal listeners and a friend of yours that's been asking that question from the beginning of the year why we didn't pick him. That's true. This is Carson Palmer's chance. I mean, uh, former number one pick. The At one point, people thought he's the third best quarterback in the league behind Peyton and Manning and Tom Brady in 2005, that he was in that sort of air. It's been a long road and a lot of lousy, lousy teams he's been on to get here. But this is kind of... His mm. chance to go to a Super Bowl. Is this Kurt Warner scenario to get back? We talked about this on Monday, I think, in the newsroom. The comparison Fitzgerald made to the Spurs, Greg and I kind of both thought separately the 2001 Patriots. It's kind of like them. You've got some proud, motivated veterans who are smart and know the game really well, some exciting young players, and you have that mix. And you have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald who, to me, I love the way he's playing. I think he could have 150 yards every game if they weren't a spread-the-wealth offense. 
With all that said, this isn't a gimme matchup against the Rams by any means. The Rams stink about against everyone but the NFC West. They've they're <laughs> six two and one since last season. They seem to put up a good fight against all these top opponents in their division. You know, if I were a Rams fan though, I'd rather it be that then we can win outside against the you know the opposing conference and pick up a game here and there, but can't win in our division. I mean, they have that's that's a good place to start. So, do you guys think does Arizona win this division? I think so now. They already have a pretty good lead. I right? agree. Yeah. I I, 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 I still am behind the Seahawks, but I agree with you, Wes. I've I've come around on Arizona. I think they're going to win eleven or twelve games. I think it comes – ah, man, I have a hard time answering that question. Well, they'd question. have to collapse to not win 11. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they would. I mean, yeah. now it's kind of like that rematch against – maybe maybe they can get that San Francisco game and then basically you just have to split with Seattle, uh, which they managed to do last year to win the division. Basically, they're playing well enough. I think Seattle's going to have to sweep them in, the, in their two games to do it. How about I, Arizona I bet playing in the Super Bowl? I still wouldn't bet against Seattle, I guess. Stadium. Never happened before. Bruce Arians told his team something about that. Don't let anyone else dress in your lockers this year. Coach has been saying that for many years about the Super Bowl. <laughs> I will say Really? That. I feel like I've heard that before. Mm. I don't think I've ever Rex, heard Rex, maybe? Maybe I'm easily impressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, they have a real shot. The best shot of teams in a long time that have yeah. been you know, hosting. Kind of like I was uh, no one, no one let anyone sit at your desks. Gentlemen, <laughs> I get annoyed when people sit at my desk. Yeah. Like crumbs all people always the... make a mess when they sit at my desk. It's the basic uh, thing you would think you'd be respectful of someone's area, <laughs> but typically that's not how it is. It's not the way in our newsroom. What does your high octane QB index say about Austin Davis this week? Oh man, he stinks. He he's gotten worse every week. He did the least that any winning quarterback has done in a winning performance all season last week. I mean, he didn't do anything, and they still won the game. That's a credit to his team. 4.4 yards per attempt. This guy will not be starting for the Rams in 2015. No. I mean, I don't want – it feels like we're dumping on him. He's had a much better season than you could ever have expected. All right, he might be the bridge quarterback. He might be like a backup quarterback. but Yeah, Yeah, he, he can be a fine NFL backup, but I just don't think he's the answer there. The New York Giants are slumping now they are at three and five and now they have to face the seattle seahawks at the clink the seahawks is as we were just saying with the cardinals seven and one there's no room for error for the seahawks now if they're going to make a run and and be a team that wins the division and has home games in the playoffs they got to start winning right now so obviously they cannot trip up against what looks by by all accounts so far this looks like a mediocre middle of the road seven or eight team win giant team think they'll be lucky to get to seven or eight at this point and i i couldn't be more wrong about i think this is the team i've been most wrong about this year in terms of seeing them in the season and then them just turning totally around because their schedule is brutal if you look at their schedule it's going to be tough to get to seven eight wins i think i've been the most wrong about seattle Hmm. because as much as i keep wanting to see them as this team that oh they'll get it right and they're going to end up with 12 something wins Watching what they did against Oakland, they seemed very challenged to me on offense. They can't pass the ball well right now. And, you know, their offensive line will get healthier. But the Oakland Raiders at this, what we saw last week, were all over Russell Wilson. They were all over the backfield. They forced him into bad throws. You know, and he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. When you get him out of the pocket and he's got to make a play, he'll do it. He was not getting that done last Sunday. 
it's only been a couple of games, but to me, the Percy Harvin trade looks like a mistake. They're not a good mm. offense. Well, they right don't now. have someone to fill the gap. They were throwing the ball more to Marshawn Lynch of anyone else last week. And, I mean, you're right. It's like, they, who is? Baldwin and Curse. I mean, these no. guys aren't separating from defenders I'm, and making plays at the point of the had catch. Had they kept Golden Tate, we might not be having this right. conversation. But they, they gave away two highly productive players. And that Monday night loss by the Giants was ugly on about 100 different levels. But, again, we saw that. They hit on Odell Beckham with their first-round pick. That guy is a big-time player, it looks like. Yeah. And if Cruz – I don't know what happens with Victor Cruz going forward, but next season, if he comes back, the two of them together, that is a great one-two punch. We'll see if it ever happens. Let's talk about the big disappointment there, though. They've been talking up Ruben Ruben Randall for two years. This guy's he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Vontae Davis took him completely out of the game Mm. last week. Where is Vontae Davis in the discussion of top cornerbacks? Is he – He ought to be up near the top. This yeah. year, this year, he's yeah, I think it. he's playing as well as any quarterback this year. What they get, what the Dolphins get from his second round, second pick? round pick. Well, the Colts re-signed him to a long-term deal, let him hit free agency because remember the Jets wanted him. Well, Rex, I think Rex was all over. He's also matured some. I don't think Miami had a great time working with him in general. Tom Tom Coughlin. I mean, he's won two Super Bowls there. Barring another Coughlin-like late-season miracle, which I would never rule out with this team, I really wouldn't. This you figure this this has to be it for this Coughlin maybe Reese run together. It just feels stale at this point a little bit. Well, which means Eli Manning could be in his third offense in three years next season. And you you think I'm anti Giants, Dan? You're not anti. You just you're scarred by them. I that, am anti. That's true, but that's because I like I don't like lame regular season teams that win Super Bowls in general, especially a couple times. This team has has not made the playoffs if they don't make it this year. In five of six years. You like undefeated five teams of... that lose Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Five of six years is a pretty in- indicting statement on this organization. Yeah, that, I mean, the Super Bowls are obviously uh, a masterstroke for the franchise, but it, uh, it does cover up a lot of warts that this organization hasn't been very good for a decade save two big January runs, but it carries a lot of weight. I feel like those two Super Bowls bought him this year, but they're not going to buy him another year. Isn't that Eli's career in a nutshell, though? Really low lows and really high highs whenever he gets there. Yes. Very fair, TD. And it will still put him, put him in language. Canton. It's going to put him in Canton, Wes. I won't get be there. I don't think Ever. it's going to at all. Get him in! we got to get Chris to Canton before Eli gets yeah. there because <laughs> otherwise it's over. <laughs> it's over. Uh, the Chicago Bears head to Green Bay uh, to face the Packers. I would say the Bears have reached must-win status at 3-5. and five. I think uh, they're very much on the ropes right now, obviously. Meanwhile, the Packers uh, are coming off a bye week. It will be very interesting to see and very important for the Packers to see how Aaron Rodgers is moving and to make sure he doesn't uh, re-aggravate that hamstring injury which uh, he suffered against the Saints going into the bye week. So, Watching Rodgers, how he looks is a big part of it. Uh, he's looking good. They're probably going to cruise here, we'd think, right? Yes. <laughs> I think this game is going to be a massacre. <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess that's probably. I just think something with Chicago feels – last year there was a lot of reason for hope, and no matter what the final record was, you feel like you found your coach who can quarterback – you can get these quarterbacks to play the way they need to. Everything's gone completely – there's a black cloud over the city. Something's not right. What do you it, mean there's a black cloud over the city? I was listening to the Tony Kornheiser podcast last week, and Wilbon was on, who's based out of Chicago, is from Chicago. He said he's spoken to four big-name former Bears, some of which are Hall of Famers. None of them can stand Cutler. 
And he said the tenor of the city is the most depressed about the Bears and since it's been in 30 years. Wow. Maybe because they feel stuck. With Get excited, Bears fans! I don't, and you just I don't buy that, but they feel stuck. Massive contract. I think that might be part of it, is that they feel stuck with what's going on now. That There's no. It's not going to be a change. There's no hope to change Cutler out. All right, so that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Greg, one thing, just because I'm looking at my Twitter mentions, you assassinated our trivia show. Oh, I'm just Wednesday. having fun. You guys liked uh, it. This from Rohan Sharma. Wednesday's podcast was the most I laughed during a football podcast. Oh, thanks. Major kudos. Major kudos. Thanks, Rowan. I, I'm, Rowan. Glad you, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the news and Thursday Night Football <laughs> segments so much. Love a lot of good laughter. <laughs> we actually had a listener who wants to make it a TV show. Ooh. Yeah. Is he uh, Aaron Spelling by any chance? <laughs> no, he's not. But, uh, I mean, had me thinking, you know, throw out a few names, the toasted games maybe. Okay. And a phone now, maybe there's something there. I don't All know. right, one step at a time now. For now, we need our English listeners to come up with something to send to the NFL offices. So hit, up, hit us up. What's the hashtag? Uh, ATN London? ATN London. Uh, Let's do it. On okay. to London. Oh, hashtag on to London. On, I like on that. On to London. On to London. Hashtag on to London. On to London. Nicely done. On Mark. to London. So that's it. So yeah, get it, get it, get in on that. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the great TD behind the glass. Until football Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.